Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about slightly damaged wardrobes, secret identities, and Henry gone rogue. I am Beth Elderkin, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I am watching season four of The Crown, and I am getting re-mad at Prince Charles. It is opening old wounds. I forgot how much I hate him. Uh, yeah, so that's how I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, see, I was a little bit young to be, like, really paying attention to the royalty drama back then. I wasn't really, I wasn't really abreast of it. And I'm not watching The Crown now, but I'm watching a lot of people talk about it and how, like, Prince Charles is, like, this total massive asshole. And I'm just hearing snippets, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, no. Oh, uh, I'm learning uh, something today. My mother... Uh, from from the jump back in the day uh, has a whole story about how she ran as fast as she could from her school all the way home to watch the wedding. Uh, she Or something of that nature. I just remember her, something about her running. It was a whole situation because she wanted to see the dress. It was a big situation. Uh, so she loved Di. So like when, when all that started happening, it's all she talked about. It was just like she talked about that and the movie Grease. Like it's, it's what she did. So I was very in tune with that and then like the Fergie stuff. So this is all like very like current to me. And I'm just like, ah, Prince Charles is a dick. And it's funny watching a whole new generation of people learn this. Um, But anyway, I'm doing that and getting ready to celebrate uh, Turkey Day and my uh, birthday coming up. Going to be the big three five, officially mid 30s. Well, happy early birthday. Thank you. We get to talk about an awesome episode for my birthday week, and I am pumped. Uh, yes, we will have an episode for you guys for Turkey Week. Uh, the timing of it might be a little bit different um, just because it is Turkey Week, but I actually don't anticipate it changing the schedule that much. Uh, but I've, <laughs> but the last couple weeks have been a little bit uh, a little wild, so <laughs> it's fun times. Uh, again, friendly reminder, please, everyone, make sure you're staying safe. COVID cases are going up and the holidays are coming up. And, you know, obviously we're not going to tell you what to do with your lives and your families, but just be safe. Yes. Wear a mask, social distance, and please avoid the COVID. It's not, I've heard it's not a good time. Yeah. COVID. No. Zero out of ten. Yeah. Do not recommend. <laughs> Speaking of not a good time, but a good episode, we are here to talk about season two, episode three, Lady of the Lake, which, dear God... <laughs> This episode breaks my soul. This, no, nothing prepared me for this. This is one of those things where I don't remember about season two because I blocked this from my memory. Like, I felt like I was anticipating moves. So, like, I remember watching it where I was like, oh, and then this is happening. Oh, and then this happens. But I, 
I couldn't have told you that this epi- episode happened if you tried like to dig it out of me. Um, yeah, this was this was a bummer. Just yeah, full it's stop a, it, a bummer. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a deep episode. It's it's a dark episode, but it's not dark in terms of like evil or anything. It's dark in the very intimate story that it's telling and the way that it tells it. And I mean, I I do want to give the writers, uh, Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg, some credit because this this touches on some very uh, sensitive subjects. And I actually feel like they were handled pretty well. Oh, I was Um, so ready to be mad. I was so yeah. ready to be mad, but then it they 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 did well. They did well. It was a little clunky there in the middle, but they they did it. Yeah, um, and we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and start with that part of the story, which is uh, back in the olden times of the Enchanted Forest. With, uh, can I just start, Abby, by saying Snow White's outfit, makeup, and hair in this whole thing just jaw-dropping oh the girl was walking fire i loved it uh just it just the collar like it was just like this is a high collar but not like an evil high collar it's just a rad high collar and i loved it the hair all of it was amazing so oh. abby why do you why do you take us through uh through the latest attack on prince charming snow white and their band of like four thieves or something yeah. Yeah, so, so basically, there we we just jump right in. We're in the middle of a battle, and they kind of give you a little exposition. So we get that oh, that this is the battle, and the king is trying to come get Charming because he's so super angry, and they're you know Charming's like no, he wants me. So you go to the top secret cabin that my mother's in, and she's like, is that gonna be weird? He's like, no, it'll be fine. And he goes, go, go, go. And so she starts running, but dun, 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 she is captured. Um, She is captured. I felt like this moved kind of quickly. Maybe it was just the way that I was consuming it, but it was just one of those, oh, she's captured. And now she's talking to the king and he's like, I don't want to kill him. I just want to make him suffer. My wife couldn't have children and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. This is the part of the show where I started getting mad. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh no, oh no. Because he's just like, my wife could not bear children, and it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me as a person. And it was just like, God damn it. Um, and he goes, and she's like, oh, interesting. And just like takes a drink of the thing that he's handed her. Because apparently, Snow White just drinks anything that anyone hands her. Um, turns out it is some sort of weird infertility drug slash poison. And it's, now yeah, it's like a no liquid, liquid yeah. curse. <laughs> yeah, liquid curse. Your uterus no longer works. Which questions? So I can't have children. Am I still gonna have my period? Because I don't like being living in the woods while having a period. Maybe this all balances out. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm called Snow White. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I wear white a lot. Yeah, right. I'm wearing this, but I'm wearing this in like the third week of my cycle. So uh, we're playing a game of of a very dangerous <laughs> game. <laughs> we got roulette going. Like, you don't know where the where the where the wheel's gonna end. I, I guys. made a choice, but I was seeing my charming, and I had to look as nice as possible. So you know what? Let's do it. So it's just like, oh, by the way, you know how you're so young and beautiful. Well, now I've taken a I, I've made a choice for you, um, that I think at this point you hadn't even considered. Like you just wanted to like be with a guy. Like you're maybe making a couple of steps ahead, but you know, like you never really think about that until the choice is taken away. So obviously. 
she's very upset by this 100 percent. and i do want to like while i again like overall i feel like this storyline was handled well from the perspective of snow and charming's mother in particular yes because charming never finds out a a damn thing about this the the thing that that did bother me about this storyline was how the the it's it's kind of it's a little bit like fridging the king was punishing charming by making snow infertile so he was he was punishing the woman so that the man would feel bad so the man would understand his pain and that's that's basically like a a non-kill version of fridging where you know a villain kills a girlfriend so that the guy feels bad about it so like that as a storytelling plot is bad but i think we're also supposed to really see this as bad like this this is a like the king has crossed a line oh a thousand lines (laughs) in full into full-on like into full-on villainy and it's it's icky and it's unpleasant and it's uncomfortable i feel like the the rest of the plot was handled very well but the way that it was set up is 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 no good no no uh i yeah because i mean and i know that this could have been like the whole episode just talking about perspectives and whatever because there's a lot of missed opportunities with the storyline i think again like with the through line of what they did do was handled well uh but there were a lot of like very large because some of it like i said was very clunky and we'll get to it um but she's basically dropped in the woods just like all right you gotta go find him uh lancelot who we meet um, very striking man is just like, oh, I was part of the round table. Not anymore. Uh, by the way, the king knows about the secret cottage and I am going to help you for. Also, sorry, they, I gave you the drink that made you be infertile. My bad. Yeah. To be fair, though, I didn't know. Yeah. But also my bad. I'm defecting because of this, because this is. Yeah. Super yeah. shitty, dude. Uh, so they get to the cabin, and when they right right before they get there, uh, she, Charming's mom is like, "I'm so excited to meet your betrothed," and she's like, "All you've ever wanted is to have a family," and you, as the watcher, is just like, "No, this is gonna be so uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with it." Um, and then so you know, a merry band of bandits show up to to attack them, and Charming says, "Stay in the house." Well, it's the king's guards, yeah, right? Yeah, and so she, he says, stay in the house, and she, she comes out of the house like she wasn't supposed She's... to and gets shot with a poison dart or poison arrow of some sort. I what well, Really quick, really quick, though. This fight scene just was was very, um, I mean, it was, it was well choreographed, but I couldn't help but laugh, and I shouldn't laugh because it's a bunch of guards dying. But like you have the one guy with the crossbow, which is arguably the best weapon. You bring you you bring a gun to a sword fight, like you're 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 doing good. And he's he shoots it and hits one of his own men. Yeah, well, first of all, like I mean, I love Granny and I love a crossbow, but even Granny knows that it's not a melee weapon. Like you, it is not a close combat weapon. No, uh, by you, any means. You hide in the woods and you because sniper. Because here's what happens: you shoot that thing. If you've ever watched them load them, that you have to put in the bolt and then you have to cock it. It's a whole situation. There's no rapid loading of a crossbow. So anyway, Charming easily handles them, but not before his mother is shot. And it's not even just shot with an arrow. It's shot with a poison arrow. So it's like, oh, you know this giant wound you have? 
nothing compared to the poison that's going through your body. Because that's the moment that uh, Snow and Lancelot show up. And then a whole bunch of exposition happens where it's just like, oh, it's poison. Well, don't worry. I know a lake that I can go to. I stabbed a woman there. There's magic water. Uh, let's go there. It's a day's ride from here. And you're like, you have no idea what kind of poison's in this woman. <laughs> she could be dead in the matter of seconds. And you're like loading her into a cart. But that's the storytelling device that I think it'll be fine. So she's all excited to meet Snow. So they go on a trip. And <laughs> Lancelot, they're walking. And Lancelot's just like, yeah, I get kicked out of the round table. And Charmy goes, why? What happened? He's like, you know, ladies. And they're like, <laughs> we're going to go scout ahead. And we're going to go talk about ladies. Nice. <laughs> I've only kissed this one, but cool. And it's, it's, there's a weird juxtaposition between, like, Charming's dumbfounded optimism and cheerfulness during this whole episode even as his mother is dying and like this boy's time and then the girl's time is i'm i'm infertile dear god oh my god it is the trauma it's and it's like it's so it's weird it's so funny because you're right because charming is just like yo man boobs boobs let's go walk ahead so that these boobs can't hear us talk about other boobs let's go so they like go ahead and then, like, laying on her d- in the death cart, she's just like, Snow, I love you, and I'm so excited that my son gets to have so many children with you. His only dream in the world is to have thousands and thousands of children provided to him by the woman that he loves. Why are you making that face? Um, <laughs> because, obviously, Snow is very upset. Because, by the way, guys, this is why you never ask people why they're go- when they're going to have children or why they aren't having children. Because people are quietly infertile or having problems or not wanting to have children at all. And you're just bringing up a hard conversation. But this <laughs> is this is a, a, an unknowing mother-in-law who just thinks that her son is, is bringing home this woman to, to have his many children. And, and she, also she's dying. Also she's dying. <laughs> I, I'll give her that. You know, like... I, I I can understand how this this comes across as, as clunky. It is very expositiony, and it's to get Snow to the point where she's talking about what's going on. I didn't mind it because this is a woman on her deathbed. Oh yeah, who's 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 seen her son go through so much pain, and she 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 can die knowing he's happy with the woman he loves, and he's going to continue that family and continue her legacy. Um, and like you know, she has the necklace thing I and all this stuff, and she's like. So She's She's like, it's okay if you have a daughter. Girls are, girls are fabulous too. Girls are fine. Girls are fine. (laughs) I love, by the way, the necklace thing, because the necklace thing is a real thing, but you can do it with any necklace. Like it's an old wives tale thing. And someone tried to do it to me at work and there's actually way more to it. Like there's like, it's this, if it's a boy, it's this, if it's a girl, if it's doing this, it's twins. Um, but if it's this, it's a miscarriage. And like, I have my hand out and they're explaining it. And they're like, it's this, if it's a miscarriage. And I like pulled my hand away. I'm like, oh, get the hell away from me with your damn witchcraft. I don't want to know. <laughs> the cursing Man. my child. What the fuck? Get out of here. Um, so she does that. And like the, the, the thing comes to a full stop, which I think is also a bad, I forget what that one is, but I think it's even worse. So it's just a whole situation comes to a full stop. And the woman just like, the Charming's mother's just like probably not concerning it's fine and snow bears her soul and says i was given infertility juice and now i am worthless as a woman and she's like no 
I'll still love you. It's fine. We'll give you some of that water from the magic lake where my 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 son stabbed a woman. It'll be fine. I I liked the scene between the two of them a lot. I really um you know, without going into detail as somebody who experienced fertility issues um over the past couple of years, um I really identified with Snow's pain and having his mom Ruth providing that level of comfort and and kindness really like it got me in yeah. my core like I really felt it and like I felt like she was speaking to me and I I appreciate it I thought it was well written so uh, and very well acted too yeah uh okay <laughs> oh you don't agree I, I, I like I both actors so. I thought this was a little clunky and I think it was maybe it wasn't the acting maybe it was just the script I just thought the whole thing was clunky mostly because Again, I I don't want to get like super into all, of it. Uh, but yeah, like I think this is something a lot of people experience. So when it is clunky, it's kind of weird because um, here's a fun story for you. So the guy I dated in high school, we're going back to this. I have been afraid I couldn't have children from the jump. I don't know why. I don't. It was just a concern, and you know how you sometimes ask people weird questions i don't remember how we got here but i remember asking him you know like hey if we like grow up and get married but i find out that i can't have kids like you'll stay married to me right and he goes i mean probably not oh my god 16 year olds are shitheads by the way (laughs) but like i mean i think i know who you're talking about and and he's a shithead in more than one way which we're not gonna get into (laughs) but yes so it was just one of those things that happens to you at such like a prime age and you're just like is my only worth my uterus and you're just like looking around like wait a minute i thought feminism had saved us we got some work to do anyway so that was why i was just like this is a little clunky because that's a genuine concern that like especially in ye olden days slash fairy tale worlds like i can't have Mm -hmm. children there's not like an adoption agency other than Rumpelstiltskin apparently a stealing children from other people. So anyway, it was nice. I just thought it could have been better. I think it's the writing. Anyway, they get to mm-hmm. the lake. <laughs> it's not a lake. It's a desert. Because apparently if you stab the woman of the lake, the lake stops existing. Who knew? So did Charming actually re- realize this in the episode, or is this something that we just had to infer ourselves? Because I, I do not at any point recall Charming recognizing. He almost says it verbatim. He was just like, oh, okay. oh, the lady of the lake that lived here, I stabbed her. That's like, Okay, I, 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 I didn't catch that. Yeah, he's like, I straight up <laughs> murdered the woman who lived here to save someone else's boyfriend, and now I can't save my mom, so all magic comes with a price. If you, apparently, if you stab someone... It has repercussions, unforeseen repercussions. (laughs) Stabbed a woman to save someone else's boyfriend. Now my mom's going to die. Who knew? Well, Lancelot finds, like, a puddle of it. And they put it in a little bottle. And Charming's mother is just like, no, dear, you take it. And she's like, no, are you nuts? We'll deal with this. You need to be alive. She's like, okay. And then kicks it back. But it doesn't work. She dies anyway. Well, she starts dying. So they decide they're going to have like an ad hoc marriage. Lancelot is going to perform it because as a knight of the round table, he is ordained. And he starts giving this nice speech and hands them two shot glasses, which they both willingly take. And it's nice. And they get married in front of a dying old woman, which, again, I liked this because, you know, dying wish. You want to see your kid get married. It's just like this is 
it's in the middle of a desert and I'm dying in a cart and I'm 20 feet away. But, you know, we don't all get what we want. So I was I was tearing up. She died. Yeah, she so she died watching her her son get married to the woman he loves. And (laughs) so anyway, they cut to she's she's now gone. And Charming is dealing with this with a very stiff up stiff upper lip. And he goes, hey, by the way, I want you to have this. It's my mom's weird voodoo necklace. She always told me some weird thing about if it did this and this and whatever. Uh, so let's do it. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Are you nuts? And it starts moving over her hand. And that's when we find out that she never actually took the crazy the lake uh, potion water. That she had faked it. And somehow, without anyone noticing... Worked out an entire plan with Lancelot to secretly marry them, put it into a shot glass, and have her drink the lake water. Could you imagine? Like, you're getting married. Of course you're getting married. Like, it's some weird ad hoc marriage. And some guy hands you a shot glass and is like, this is your betrothal. Like, your, your, uh, your wedding juice. And it's just like, this tastes like algae. What is this? Cool. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean... I imagine Snow and Charming went to go get flat pick flowers because they had a very beautiful bouquet. So maybe like when they like maybe the mom was like, go, go help. Go help your future wife. Go pick some flowers for a beautiful bouquet. And then she's like, Lancelot, get over here. Come, got, come, a, got, a, got, a, got a scheme for you. Oh, cough, because, cough, because like, scheme. listen, a dying old woman in the back of a car. She's like, I want to see my my kid get married but also you're a very striking knight can i just like one kiss like while they're gone just please like you're so pretty like <laughs> please a dying woman's wish she like she has like a thousand dying women's wishes so <laughs> so now snow is so snow can now have children and she watched the thing move over her hand and she knows that she will be having a girl which she confides in lancelot because she tells that charming it's gonna be a surprise uh but she's just like it's gonna be a girl and who would that girl be perhaps it's some blonde woman with a gun who's bad in woods <laughs> she's terrible in the woods so bad. uh and this does this does explain uh, not that i felt like it needed explaining but it does explain why in the pilot episode uh snow knows they're having a girl yes and when rumple asks like what's her name she's like it's emma and because charmy's like we're having a boy what are you talking about you idiot yeah and, and then snow's like, like oh, no, magic no. necklace from my dead mother-in-law told me it was a girl <laughs> dumbass uh so yeah so that is uh, in the past it's a very traumatic thing again i thought it was i thought it was very well handled but i can understand the criticism and I can totally understand the feedback and the concerns. There are a few moments where it does get a little bit clunky, uh, but it, I might've also been one, a little clouded by my own experience. So I could really kind of identify with it. Right. But then also juxtaposed with the stuff we get in the enchanted forest. Oh my God. Good God. Oh my it's God. It's just all of it was designed to just this, break my soul. This was so nice. Like, there obviously is like a, a scene later that just absolutely breaks your heart, but like everything leading up to it is just so bad. You're just like, let's play a game of who's the biggest idiot on the screen. Ooh, it could be anybody. Yeah, you, like watching this episode, you don't think that that the storyline in the modern Enchanted Forest is going to go the direction that it does because the whole time it's just a big mess. Well, and so this is a good episode too because it's just like one of those. Emma made a lot of mistakes in season one, but they were more like just like judgment calls like she was trying to make logical judgment calls um and they make her do the same thing in the enchanted forest and you just find out that it's so much worse 
when she's just like a lot happens that she can't process and it looks like at one point like i think at one point when cora like disappears later in the episode just poops away emma looks like she's gonna vomit she's just like i can't <laughs> i checked can't out another weird fucking thing i please god let it let it end uh, so yeah, so uh, we we pick it back up inside the pit where uh, Emma and um, uh, Mary Margaret were, were were tossed into at the end of the last episode, and Cora's there, got her fake voice on, and uh, Cora's chatting with Emma about how she just wants to see her daughter Regina again, and uh, Snow wakes up and immediately recognizes Cora and is like. Nope. Hard no. Hard pass. <laughs> Hard pass. This woman, this woman, straight up bitch, walk away. And, like, this is, the the mistake I feel in this part of the story is, and I don't feel like it's a mistake in the right, it's hard to explain, because, like, Snow goes to Emma and says, whatever you think about Regina, this woman is a hell of a lot worse. And Emma doesn't want to believe her. Because, like, Emma doesn't want to depend on Snow. She doesn't want to see her as a mother figure. Like, there's this weird stubbornness that Emma well, has throughout the whole episode. Until em- the end. Because Emma also only knows her as Mary Margaret. And Mary Margaret sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's nice, but she is not a shoot an ogre in the face defend her against a, a wicked witch. Uh, so, like... Emma the whole time is just baffled by the woman who's standing in front of her. And that's a fair point. And, and I think that that I understand what you're saying. Like, you're just like mad at Emma the whole time. Like, you're just yep. like, Emma, <laughs> why? Because snow is right. Snow knows what she's talking about. And Emma is trying to say, no, 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 you don't know what's going on. But Emma is so out of her element in a way that's almost hilarious. Like, it's just funny. She has no survival skills in this place that she's in, and every choice she makes almost gets them killed several times. Dude, she's faring worse than the kid in King Arthur's court. She has a gun with limited rounds. She uses one to fire a warning shot at a woman who weighs 98 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> what? So, yes. <laughs> Well, Emma makes the cardinal mistake of, uh, you know, telling Rumpelstiltskin's protege, spoilers, uh, that uh, that she has a son. His name is Henry. Just giving her all sorts of information. And Snow's like, what the frick are you doing? Stop telling him you don't. What are you doing? Yeah, what do you do? I mean, in the end, it actually bank error in their favor mm-hmm. because that was that was the tell. Uh, but they, they, they are released from the pit and they are brought to... Uh, the brave, mighty leader of this band of warriors and rebels and fighters and survivors. It is Lancelot. And at this point, we've already, we've seen Lancelot in the Enchanted Forest, but we don't know he's a good guy yet. Yes. Like, it's still, like, in that in-between. But So when Snow goes to hug him, we're just like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, my God. Wait, uh, this is the guy who just gave her infertility juice. What's happening? And and his his lines here... And then Mulan's follow-up lines, for all I was saying was clunky back with, like, Charming's mom and Snow. Like, I mean, like, mild clunky. I don't know. It felt like Mulan was reciting words with a gun pointed to her head. Like, it was just bad for me. I don't know why she was speaking in this weird stilted language that didn't sound right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and Lancelot kind of did that a little bit at the beginning. It kind of went away after a while. But yeah, it was... <laughs> it's like, no, he is... He has shown favor to her. That means me. What we must also trust. So that is what we will do, and you will do nothing. Please stop. Stand down. <laughs> it's like whoa. Yeah, uh, and, and like Mulan and Aurora's relationship at this point, like it's not defined. It's and it's not well explored. Like it's explored much better later on. You know, that's to the point where everyone ships them, and for good reason. Um. But at this point, like, Mulan freaking hates Aurora so much. Oh, she's so mad at her. Like, they they both kind of dislike each other. Yeah. Uh, because both of them want what the other one is. Like, they're just like, you know, that dead boy over there? He wanted me more. No, me more. But it's all unspoken. But, yeah, so Aurora is just simmering with tiny, like, princess rage. Like, she's just like, I'm going to do something. I'm not going to change any of my clothing when I go do any of this. Yeah, her. Yeah, I hate her fur, her like wrap that has just a bunch of feathers coming out of it. It, It's like a bad Michael's experiment gone wrong. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And then there's like the big wrap thing that she wears, and it was just like, really, you stalk through the woods wearing this? But whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, Mulan says if if Lancelot trusts Snow White, even though she's the one that killed slash cursed Prince Philip, then. We just got to deal with it. Lancelot is to be trusted. Yes. So Lancelot invites Mary Margaret and um, and Emma to join them for a feast of Chimera, Chimera, which is an ancient Grecian monster. So we're already getting the uh, the nod to ancient Greece all the way back in season two. Oh yeah, and the round table and all kinds of other fun yeah. stuff. It's a party. We're just that's like, hey. explored so much better in later seasons. <laughs> oh yes, yes, amazing. Anyway, take a shot. Uh- <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and Lancelot is kind of a little um, needling Mary Margaret a bit about what her plans are to get home to the point where, like, it. it I remember, I haven't seen this episode in a long time, and I was pretty sure I knew knew about Lancelot, and I remembered about Lancelot, but I wasn't quite sure, but I was still like, hmm, there's something off about this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about this dude. Why is he asking so many questions? <laughs> and Mary questions. Margaret, very right, <laughs> she very rightfully is like, I don't think I can tell you in front of the woman in the pit, because the woman in the pit is bad news. I don't like the pit woman. Mm-mm. Get yeah, her gone pit woman, and we will, I will tell news. you my, my secret plan to go back to the cabinet made of a tree. And then he's like, oh, yeah, no, no. The, the, the curse thing totally stripped her powers. She's, she's useless, but we keep her around for reasons. And Mary Margaret just does not buy any of it. She's like, okay, I guess. Um, so they decide to go to their old castle, which... This was the thing that confused me because if the rest of the Enchanted Forest was destroyed, I thought that meant like vaporized, like off the face of the planet. But apparently that's not the case. It just means it was all damaged. I think it just like, meant natural disaster. Like, okay. it's, it's uninhabitable. Like, okay. it used to be a first world country. Now we've downgraded uh, because it's still like, you know, it's still a living structure. It's just not the grand place that it was. 
Because I also thought what you thought. I thought it was just going to be just like a smoking pit. But it was not that. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to go venture to uh, the home that Emma would have grown up in. Uh, to Because they decide that they're going to go search uh, for the magic wardrobe that brought Emma to Storybook in the first place. See if it has any magic left. I felt like this was a very stupid plan. Because the whole thing about the magic wardrobe is that it only had the magic for one cough two. That was the whole thing. Like, yeah. it's expired. Yeah. The magic is gone. Yeah. There's no, what there's are no, you going to do with there's it? There's no fairies here. There's no anything else here. What the hell are we going to do about it? Uh, so they decide that they're going to go out and they're going to take Mulan with her. And Mulan's just like, Aurora, you stay here because you kind of suck. So I'm going to go. And it's fine. And but Aurora's obviously there. like, she's got a knife. So she's got plans. She's just like, I'm going to kill somebody. I have been asleep dreaming about this moment my entire life. Uh, so they head out into the woods. There's ogres in them woods, so they have to be super careful. Um, and Emma just takes all of it not well. This she's she's getting more and more annoyed at everything, and she's getting very annoyed at Snow, saying, "You need to trust me. I know. I know these woods. I know this world. You don't stop it." Yeah. And Emma really does not care for that. No. This this was this was funny because this was the this is the biggest fault line in Emma. Emma is not used to not being in control. She's not mm-hmm. used to not being the smartest person or at least the most cunning person in the room. And she has none of those skills. She doesn't know how to fight an ogre. She doesn't know what an ogre looks like or if she saw one, if she'd know that it was. Uh, because if, at one point Snow leaves her in an open field, just like, just stay here, please. Cause you're going to get hurt. Like she almost treating her just like a very small child. Like you need to stay here because you cannot be trusted to come collect sticks with the rest of us. Like you have to, <laughs> you need to sit here and be quiet and definitely don't fire your gun, little lady. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Mary, Margaret and Mulan go to get some firewood and they bring it back later. It's dark. Emma is doing something somewhere and in pops Aurora to hold a knife to snow's throat. Cause she had a genius plan. And I really very much love this moment where just Mary Margaret just freaking clocks, clocks the hell out of her. It's just like, what are you doing? You tiny, tiny person. Yeah. This is like attacking somebody with like a degree of martial arts where it's just like, you're just like, hello, I am here and I have a knife. And they're just like, Because, I mean, she has her on the ground pinned both arms above her head. And she's like, listen, you are not cut out for this. You need to find a new way to channel this anger. This was a good speech. It was in no way mean. It was correct. And Mulan's like, don't you talk to her like that. It's just like, what? Talk to her like what? In a stern voice? Uh, I think it's more like Mulan is is like no one no one can bitch at her except for me. Like exactly. that's my job. Exactly. Um, excuse me. No one tells the princess she needs to grow up except for me. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, Emma has fired a gun into the air. Yeah, because that's the you know that's going to calm everybody down, and it's not going to uh, raise an ogre that can only hunt by sound. Something Nothing. Emma was told in the previous scene. Nothing eases the tension more than the sound of a gunshot, a gunshot in a still evening night. Oh my god! Especially when half the people in the room don't know what a gun is. Oh my god! I and love have so never much. heard one in their lives. And then that's the part where we get like a very fast exposition about ogres. 
I think we got it a little bit ahead of time, but it was just like yeah. they can't see. They base their sound or their their sight on hearing, and so like the moment she fires the gun, everyone panics and they have to start running because now we got an ogre, and then Mary Mar- or I'm sorry, Snow White is a certified badass. Yeah, um, because one thing that Snow told Emma was like the last thing that you ever see is the the ogre's eye on you as he's about to eat you. Like that's the last thing you ever see is your reflection in the ogre's eye. And Emma starts to see it. Oh no, oh shit, because her gun, it got crumpled by a giant ogre who doesn't give a shit about guns. And then Snow standing with her her pixie cut flying in the wind goes, get away from my daughter, you son of a bitch and pulls out her arrow cocks it and fires right into the ogre's eye which kills him just dead and then yeah snow's like oh you just had to shoot them in the eye and like emma is just like uh okay and like because you know this is just information snow knows like mostly because she probably learned about it in this story like a fairy tale school like because the ogre wars were our ver- or were their version of like the civil war where it's just like oh this is how you survive a shot from a bayonet you just move around um and so she's like and then yeah, emma's looking at her like this is not the woman i thought i've known for a couple of weeks who's this certified badass <laughs> and and I the a joke I did like was Emma asked her like you know when was the last time you shot an arrow she's like oh it's been twenty eight years still got it <laughs> and then it was like how'd you know you'd make that shot and she's like I didn't like I don't think Snow White aims anymore I think she's just like I would like to shoot that and then she just does like it's that much of a skill for her um, and and also yeah. she did she was doing it for her daughter. Like right. she Which was, she was ready. Yeah. Snow White would have, would have died and would have been fine with it. If it meant keeping Emma safe. Yes. Like in that moment, she was like, that, that's a big theme in this episode is putting your children first. Yes. That's what Ruth does with charming with the infertility drug. Uh, that's what snow does for, uh, for Emma many times. And Emma does it for Henry. Like, we see it. Oh, and Cora, in a way, is doing it for Regina, but not really. It's a little complicated. But we're going to let's go ahead and go into that. So they arrive at the destroyed mansion, and we go into the baby's room that Snow had spent so much time getting ready uh, for Emma's arrival. And Mary Margaret's looking around, um, relishing in these demolished memories. And talking about how, like, she was going to help Emma walk here. She was going to take care of her in here, nurse her in here. And Emma's just like, how long did I, was I here? And she's like, you didn't even get to spend a night. We barely washed the placenta off of you before we shoved you in the <laughs> into a tree stump with an eight-year-old wooden boy. Like, you <laughs> nothing. You spent no time here. Um, I, I will say that, yeah, and, and we'll obviously get to this, but I can, I, understanding Snow's pain here, because you build a nursery, you spend so much time in it, like, I just would read, I, like, when you're, you're just sitting there pregnant, being like, soon there will be a child here, this will be wonderful, I cannot wait to make all of his memories, so, you know, like, Emma's looking around, being like, this could have been my life, knowing that her life was absolute shit, 
and she could have lived this wonderful life if it hadn't been for Regina, which has got to just be like renewing some just anger, <laughs> anger issues and been be like, you need to stop being mad at your parents for the choices they made. You need to be mad at the at the crazy lady witch. Yeah, and it's yeah, because that room triggers two different traumas for Snow and Emma. For Snow, it's it's losing that time with her child who is now an adult that she's only met for the first time and missed out on everything. And for Emma, it's a reminder of everything that she lost and will never have. Like for both of them, it's a reminder of everything they've lost, but from two very different perspectives. So now I know, now I know later that she ends up having Neil, which is a different conversation, (laughs) but so okay and and we haven't talked about what happens in this room yet we're just we're skipping ahead a little most because it's the biggest hottest topic here uh but so there's a conversation that magic comes with a price and they use magic to get the, the to break the curse so thinking about this in a galaxy brain kind of way it's the you'll never have a child and then she doesn't really I mean, she gets an adult. I mean, she has a child. It's her child. It's her kid. It's her, you know, whatever. But she never got to raise that child. She never got to do any of that. So she still was cursed with that, but in a very different, much more traumatic way, um, which I thought about and broke my heart because... I didn't even think about that. Honestly, I don't even know if the series thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, that. that's a very astute observation. And to be honest... I don't think it was one that was intentional, but I think it's absolutely correct. Well, because Snow went under the curse the moment she had... I mean, she got to cry. She was crying, obviously, right before the curse hit. But she's never properly mourned not raising a child. Like, it's, mm-hmm. this is day two. Like, there's... And so what we, the, what we then see is, like... And we'll get back to what happens before that but when she looks back and she has the visualization of what the nursery was and all like just full of the hopes and dreams and stuff and it just settles on her for a second that was the moment that I started like breaking my heart like it's just like Mm -hmm. oh my god this is terrible (laughs) yeah let's that that's that's the one that that, um, destroyed my spirit yeah there's fireballs yeah Yeah, so so they arrive in the room they find the wardrobe and in pops Lancelot like he just keeps doing that like what's he even doing here interesting it's a surprise it's great we love you you're handsome it's awesome and Mary Margaret is immediately so suspicious and Lancelot's like, oh, yeah, I sent Mulan and Aurora to go get some food because that's definitely something Aurora would voluntarily do. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I just like, where's the wardrobe? How does it work? What can we do with it? Uh, no, I just want you to get back to Henry. And Mary Mar goes, no. Mary, Mary Stop Mar- right there. Mary Margaret's immediately <laughs> like, Lancelot is sus. We should all vote him out, kick him out the airlock. That's the imposter. And <laughs> is that an Among Us reference? It is. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> he and then so you know he just starts chuckling, and then there's a big purple cloud, and it's Cora, and that's oh, the moment shit. where it's a part where Emma looks like she's about to boot all over the room because she's just like, I can't handle another goddamn weird thing. Please, please don't be weird. <laughs> don't I can't stand anything else. And Cora immediately starts whooping their asses with magic because spoilers, her magic wasn't taken. It's been there all along. 
and she reveals that she killed Lancelot. I'm pretty sure that's actually not true. I'm pretty sure we see this version of Lancelot later in a, and I'm not sure if it's the same one as the one we get with mm. King Arthur uh, with I feel like there Prince Charming Buddy Buddy. I feel like there was a conversation about this, and I remember going, when did we see Lancelot? Because I'd suppressed season two out of my brain. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a big duel, and then Emma does something that it took me a second to figure out what she was doing. Uh, she was opening up one of her bullets, making a line, making a coke line of the gunpowder, and then starting it on fire. Mm-hmm. And Cora, her response to this was a little weak sauce because she basically goes, uh, I'll get you next time, Gadget, and pieces out. Because um, Mulan showed up. Apparently Mulan so, and Aurora showing up was all the difference they made well, with Cora, who has so, magic powers. So Emma starts a fire to burn down the stump wardrobe thing. Cora sucks it all up into a fireball and then fires it, but then Mulan jumps in front of it and her sword or her body absorbs it. This part was confusing, but anyway, Mulan apparently I think it was reflected back into the wardrobe because the wardrobe was still on fire. I guess that's fair. That is fair. I wish you would ricochet. Oh, it's, ricochet a, it's a fire. It's a very like Zelda Ocarina of Time move. Like, well, there's a fireball coming at me, so I will just swing my sword at it and point, point, point. <laughs> and and uh, Korra pieces out to fight another day, but she does show back up later after everyone leaves to pick up the ashes of the wardrobe that are still glowing a little bit of that magic red. So obviously, we're not done with this part of the story. We are definitely not done with Korra. But before that happens, we get a very emotional raw moment between Snow and Emma, one that was very good and completely destroyed me, where Emma just kind of lets everything out. She just, like, she doesn't know who to be mad at. She doesn't know who to be sad at because she knows that they did what they felt was best, but it didn't make a damn difference to her because she was still alone. Guys, and therapy is very important. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and she also said that she's, it's, it's a lot for her because she's so used to being on her own. She's not used to other people putting her first and snow's like, well, you're gonna have to get used to it, girl. Cause I'm around now and they share a tender moment, but it's, it's in a way where you still can tell it's not resolved. No. Yeah. And that's the thing I really appreciate about this scene. It wasn't, they weren't, it wasn't a kiss and makeup. Bygones, bygones, we're good now. This is long standing trauma and damage, and it's gonna take a long time to unravel. But this was a piece of it. Yes, this is a, a nice piece, piece of it. Uh, and the only part that, that kept me being amused uh, was the fact that I love when Mary Margaret is uh, Trump because it's, it's Snow White, but she's dressed as Mary Margaret. So she's got like her quill full of, of, of arrows. And but she's still dressed like a school teacher, and it's just just hilarious to me. Where she just like this is why Emma is confused because she's walking around like she's gonna teach you Sunday school lessons, but instead she's like again, like I said before, a certified badass. Uh, but yes, yeah, she's this got is when, a purple cardigan. Oh my gosh, she's like I've got my battle cardigan. Let's go! Like this is Mary Margaret is what happens to Snow White when she she's in her 30s, where it's like, remember when you were a badass with your wild hair and your crazy clothes? That you, oh, yeah, it's like, now you're in a stable, committed relationship. You got a sensible haircut. You're wearing a cardigan. But you're still a badass because you remember how to shoot your arrow. Like, you're, you, punks never die. 
Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the, the, the final really key moment of this interaction is is snow like snow is putting on a brave face for her daughter she's comforting her when she's feeling vulnerable and then when emma leaves snow has her moment of vulnerability that she wasn't letting emma see where she's looking at the nursery having that flashback to what it looked like in its prime and just starts weeping because she didn't get that with her child her child is an adult her child has her own child and she will never get that time back. And I, I lost it. I lost it, Abby. I was watching it on my computer. It's like even a smaller screen. Yeah. It didn't make a damn it. difference. You can't escape it. It's, no. It still got my soul in, in its tight grip and it washed it away. No, because I don't know, dear listener, if you, if you've made this realization in your own life, but your parents are infallible, are not infallible creatures. They're human beings. None of us know what anything is. They make mistakes. But as a parent, you always want to, like, be the strongest and the smartest and everything. And Snow is still grappling with that. Snow wants to be strong for her daughter. So she doesn't let Emma see this moment of vulnerability. And to to, to, to take us off the moment, I'll tell you a side story real quick. But uh, we were on, I was on a roller coaster with one of my little sisters. And as we were about halfway up the hill, the whole roller coaster stopped. Uh, there's a whole different story to this about a guy with a camera behind us, but I won't get into it. But anyway, the the whole thing stopped. And I had spent 30 minutes convincing my sister to get on this ride. She was like seven. And she's like, I don't want to, I can't, I can't do it. And she looks at me with these big terrified eyes while we're on there. And she's like, are we going to fall backwards? And very confidently I said, absolutely, we're not going to fall backwards. That's crazy. We're just going to keep going and it'll be fine. Everything's fine. And then I'm like looking off the side of the coaster. I'm like, Jesus Christ, are we going to fall backwards? I have never been more scared in my life. This is fine. Don't worry. Don't panic. And you're just sitting there like having an existential <laughs> crisis while you're trying to put on a brave face for a child. So in that way. I understand. I mean, I'll never understand like <laughs> my kid suddenly being 28 years older. I feel like that's his own situation, but that, that was me explaining the same situation, but in a not sad, traumatic way for us to all have to relive. So <laughs> it's been a week guys. I know it's, I don't know what days it is anymore. This it's is the been, kind of week it it's is. been a year. It's been a life. 2020. I'm done. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> Uh, well, now we're going to close out in Storybrooke for a very quick story of Henry the Rogue off on his own adventures that do not go well because he is pissed at David because David is like, we're going to get them back, but hold your horses. You got to go to school. Because Henry comes up with a cool new name for the new project they're working on. And Charmin's like, no, I don't want to be part of Operation Viper. That's crazy, even though that's like the manliest dude mission to go on. It was Scorpion. He was he was it was Scorpion, but he was also considering Viper. Henry was 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 deciding. But okay. he didn't like either one. He okay, didn't want any kind of operation. That's true. But to be fair, if two dudes are gonna go on an operation, Operation Viper sounds like the badass one. Like it's just like not like a normal like a normal mission. This is the mission that dudes go on. Like yeah. it's a man mission. Uh, but 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 David's not on the same page no, as Emma at the he, moment. He's not. He he hasn't been instructed in the art of the operation of that that Henry loves to do. So Henry, instead of going to school like a good little boy, he goes to find Jefferson, uh, who uh, who's back the Jefferson, um, who is 
he's still sad. He hasn't gone to his daughter yet. Uh, he's still sad about it. And um, and they have like this inter- meeting on a bench, and it's kind of weird a little bit. Uh, Mr. Je- uh, Jefferson's just like, dude, I can't help you. Uh, side note, Regina has a vault with a bunch of magic in it. Don't know if that'll help you at all. Bye. That's like it. I, yeah, I don't know if any of this will be valuable to you, but your your mother's source of all of her power is definitely here. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go there. <laughs> solemnly look at this wanted poster of me. They never get my nose right. Like, oh my God. The, the daughter drew this. Have you seen my papa? And it's like, it was so terrible. Have you seen my papa? It's like, girl, you're... I get you're a kid, but also you look like you're about 11 or 12 years old. I, this, I, this, this drawing is beneath you. This is like if kids get lost in the store and you find them and you ask them questions about their parents and they realize they have no idea how to describe them. Like, what's your mom look like? Oh, lady. What color is her hair? I don't know. Hair color. Is it short or long? Kind of. Like... <laughs> no, see, I feel like, like an 11 or 12 year old would have at least gotten one of those, like those drawing books to do faces like anime faces so i imagine like oh jefferson god. would have had like these big anime eyes oh my god i'm imagining it like a tumblr post where they've got like yeah. the little red nose and and it's just like real cute and it's just like this is my dad Her with a hat oh my god. <laughs> have you seen my papa he wears a hat this is us drinking tea together and here's a, a thing that we like oh my god oh that's so much i love that so much this is my dad ma'am this is a cartoon no it's not it's my dad how dare you (laughs) anyway well henry deceives regina which that i did not care for no i know regina has been a bad bad news bears but she's trying and for henry to stand her up for lunch when she got so excited so he could steal her keys like no do not condone henry you go on rogue. It's bad. Bad. Also, that's also no bad way experience. Regina would have believed this because it would be like, "Hi, um, I know you're the ousted mayor and evil queen of this town, and everyone wants to tar and feather you and ride you out on, ride you out of town. Um, but would you like to go meet in a very public place where all of the townspeople gather? Totally, I would love to do that, and I couldn't see a single thing wrong with that. I mean, her her judgment is clouded when it comes to Henry, so I feel like, I feel like she's so desperate. To get in his good graces, that it, she was clouded to everything else. Could like I could see like, her agreeing to do this. Could you imagine? Like she, she's sitting there, and everyone's super <laughs> mad at her, and she's like, "No, I'm waiting for my son. No, I'm waiting for my son." But her son never comes. Oh no, I'm sad for Regina now. She's too bad. She's a bad guy. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, re- yeah, uh, I, uh, Henry. I just about called him my son's name. Henry sneaks in, grabs the keys, and then is just like, I am going to go randomly sort through this vault of terrible things and hopefully find something. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, say what he's looking for. He just wants magic to help with the hat. But he doesn't even, he doesn't know how magic works. He doesn't know how what you look for. He doesn't know how to identify it. So he goes down there, and the first thing he opens is a jar of snakes. Listen, big box of snakes. Listen, it happens. But he, but don't worry, he is saved from the Agrabarian snakes. I assume that that was. Yeah, I think it was the t- the two headed viper. 
the double viper with two heads. And it's charming. And he's just like, your mom called and she said that you'd be here because you stood her up for lunch and she had to pay for two BLTs and she's super PO'd about it. Uh, but she also knew that you wouldn't go with her. So I came. So let's go and leave far away from this place. Also, I'm sorry. We'll work together. We're a team now. I get it. We're Operation cool. Viper is a total go. Um, we're not going to complete this until you sit like a solemn little emo child in your mother's car for a while and I show up with medieval times knives. You know, that was cute. And I, I also I, really, like, I loved the, like, I have a feeling this is probably the last we'll see of Jefferson because this is the conclusion of his story. He he just sees his daughter and goes, hey, daughter. And she goes up and hugs him and he's crying <laughs> and they're hugging and and there's a lot of logistics involved. Like, she has a family here in Storybrooke who assume they're her parents, or at least adopted parents. I'm assuming they care about her, too. So there's a complication there. I don't think we're going to get to it, and I don't think we need to. Because we've got a lot, <laughs> a lot well, of complication with the family we got. So I'm going to assume that the people that adopted her, like the family that she's a part of, were just the neighbors. Because he left her at the neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. So they were probably like, cool, we will keep watching you until your dad shows up. But hey, where is he? We're tired of feeding you. So like she's putting up posters of her Tumblr posts of where he is. So they're probably not sad to see her go. Like they're like, okay, but like if you need to be babysat again, like sure. But uh, see, I, I would disagree because unless it was like a foster situation, that they'd put in the these two adults' heads. Like, they, much like everyone else, they have both personalities. Right. We, they are both. So I'm assuming they had love for this child or developed love for this child with their cursed selves. So even if they wake up and realize they're the neighbors, there's still that part of them that, that believes they raised her, took care of her in some fashion. So I don't, I feel like, there's still going to be love there. But also, we but don't need to what? worry about it. You They're know gone. No, 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 no. You know what? Jefferson lived in a big, giant house. They can all live together. They can all be like one <gasps> giant family. Yes. Uh, and as Henry and Charming are practicing their sword fighting, Henry is having a great time. I'm giving you. I'm giving you dramatic. <laughs> oh, okay. Music. I was like, what's happening? Uh, we see. We see a figure, a mysterious figure, and you think it's going to be Cora based on everything we've gotten, but no. It's the king. Dun, 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 dun. And that king's woken up. And, and it, it took me a minute to remember, oh, shit, he's awake, too. I know. I forgot who he was. I was like, yeah. who's this guy? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, the last time we saw him, he was the district attorney. Yeah. And he was still a cursed self. Uh, but now he's the king again. And I'm like, ooh. Oh, you're you're very you're very very bad news bears. And now we're just like we have introduced a lot of new complications into the story. I bet next week they definitely won't introduce an entirely new storyline, <gasps> or would they? They will. They're gonna do it. Um, but yeah, so that was season two, episode three, Lady of the Lake. Um, I really like this episode. I think it explores a lot of, um emotional it, it explores a lot of emo- of the relationship between emma and snow 
And then it also explores Snow as a character. And Jennifer Goodwin just you just give her anything she can she can master Ugh. it like that. Yes. I like this. I mean it was it was a downer. Uh but I did enjoy it. Like again, like I said when it started, I was so ready to be mad. I was like, ooh, I'm gonna just talk about this the whole time when we podcast. And I was like, Oh, they handled it well. What is this strange feeling? Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, no, this was this was a good episode. It was different than I think like even in in context of fairy tale creatures and stuff like that like it was just a little bit differently like again next week this was like the calm before the storm situation like it's just like next week pirate ships emo pirates with eyeliner just bright colors and rumple still skin so it's just it's it's a cool bookend to the whatever's about to start coming into it so good episode yeah I I liked it too, and you know what? I'm so pumped for next week for uh, for Hook to arrive because you don't know it at the time. Hook's going to become a major character. In fact, he's going to be on for the rest of the series. I remember watching this show, and I remember seeing posts for people like, "Do you guys ship Hook and Emma?" And I remember being like, "What? Gross." <laughs> <laughs> No way. No way. They're endgame. How dare you? And it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. No, they were they were absolutely endgame. Absolutely. Uh, well, everyone, we want to thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Once Upon a Timing. Uh, we want to thank our wonderful patrons, especially our Snow Queens. We got Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Fulcult, Paul, Brian Sanina. Blake Brinkley, Matt LeClerc, and Zach Chobanoff. We've also gotten a few new patrons over the past two weeks, and we want to send a special thank you and welcome to all of you for joining our wonderful family. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, that is patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to run out of breath because <laughs> I'm pregnant, and that's what happens. You can join our Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. We are also on Twitter at OUA timing. I'm personally at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. And we'll be back next week with Abby's birthday, Turkey Turkey Week, and the crocodile. (laughs) Thanks so much, everyone. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.